The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wonder of uh, salvation today is that even though, even though Adam blew it, and that Adam bomb went off in the, in the garden that brought rebellion to all, to all people, we look, now live in a post-rebellion era where man shakes his fist at God. But God, throughout time and through every story in the Bible, whispers this wonderful, wonderful message that God has come to save His people. And that God has come to rescue His people. God has come to restore what we had in the, in the garden, this intimacy of relationship, this, this intimacy of wisdom and knowledge that, that Adam and Eve shared. They were perfect. They, were, uh, they lived in the wonder of who, of who God is and the wonder of all God's creation. So they were in relationship with God. They were in relationship with each other. They were in the wonderful relationship of, of creation. Um, but Adam, Adam chose to rebel against God and choose self-will and self-rule over God's rule of intimacy, provision, and protection. And don't you know that whenever selfishness gets into the picture, we end up in trouble, don't we? Selfishness is sin because the self, the fallen nature, can never be satisfied with things or relationships, or, or items, or materialism, or anything like that, it always seeks more and more and more and more. It can never be satisfied. There's that God-shaped hole in all, in all of our hearts where Jesus needs to fill that, that hole, fill that emptiness. So Jesus came. We look around the world today and we see... Uh, we see the effects of sin, don't we? Abuse, poverty, uh, neglect, war, disease, disaster, addiction. Horrific examples of what sin brought into this world. And here's the thing. Jesus um, looked down from heaven cleared the clouds, and he looked deep into our hearts, and he tore away all the, all the things that blocked his vision into who we really were, and deep down inside, he saw the good in all of us, and he said, you are worth dying for. Wrong. Wrong. The Bible says here, distinctly in Romans chapter 5, Let's turn, let's turn there and we'll read Romans chapter 5, verse 6. This wonderful illustrations of, of God's love, okay? This is the wonder of God's love. As human beings, we're, we're used to reciprocal love. Like if you, if you uh, grease my hand, I'm going to grease your hand, right? If somebody gives us something, don't we feel like we have to give something back? Isn't that, isn't that true? But with God, we, we can't give anything back. There was nothing that we earned or deserved or merited God's love and favor we're going to read a beautiful portion of Scripture that illustrates this distinctly, starting with verse 6. Chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. 
But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt or rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation, or we have gained back this wonderful friendship and relationship with God. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed or credited when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. The gift is not like that which came through the one man who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one man, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, even so through the, the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that awesome? So Christ came to do, to undo what Adam has, had done in the garden. As you look over your life today, are there some things that you'd like to undo when you look back over your life? Maybe you want a do-over or another chance, but uh, we've done things that were not very smart. We've done things that were sinful. We've done things in our lives that caused pain and agony and sorrow, and we've done some things. I remember walking with my girlfriend through uh, down a road in college, and um, I picked up a metal pipe. And I wanted to impress her so much that I wanted to bend the pipe like this. Because I was muscular, you see? And I had to prove to my girl that I was strong. <laughs> so I began to, to bend it. And all of a sudden, God said, I'm going to prove something else to her. It snapped down, hit me right in the nose and broke my nose. <laughs> And I had to go to the hospital right there immediately. And then they took care of it and snapped it back in place. And if you notice, in fact, Zachy, who I didn't say I was going to tell the story, he's looking at me down over there and he says, Dad, you have a crooked nose. And I said, yes, I do. 
there's things that need to be undone in our heart and in our life. We might bear the marks of it. But what God dealt with me that day was, don't be stupid. Pride gets you into trouble. Selfishness gets you into trouble. What he does is he likes to prove how stupid and how much trouble we can get into so that we turn to him and we rely on him and we trust him. So as I'm sitting in the, in the hospital, just thinking, and I remember someone saying this, this phrase, love covers over a multitude of sins. Grace covers over a multitude of stupid sins. Amen? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a lot of things that need to be undone. But here's the thing. They're done. We live in the consequences of them. But God wants to change our trajectory from today and living in the power and triumph and victory of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Every day I look in the mirror, I think of my stupidity, of my pride, and of my arrogance, and how much I need Jesus when I look at my crooked nose. Amen? We all have things in our lives where we look at in our past and we say, how stupid was I? But how much God loved me and how much God showed his grace upon me. That even in my stupidity and even in my sin, God wooed me and showed me his love, showed me his grace. And so many things that God wants to undo in your heart and in your life to loose you and to set you free from the bondage of sin, shame, and guilt. Look over uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. And it says this. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions was raised because of our justification. Jesus came down to undo what Satan has, has done in the garden and undo what, what Adam has done. And one day we will be relinquished of this green monster. One day God will provide a building for us in which there will be peace and serenity. Amen? Amen. Praise God. First, Adam turned down the father in the garden. He turned from the father. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, in the garden of Gethsemane, turned to the father amidst such agony and stress, emotional and physical pain, emotions so great that Jesus bled great drops of blood from his pores. Doctors would tell you that that individual that that happens to is suffering from great mental, emotional stress. Jesus came through in the garden when he said, Lord, if this cup could pass, let it pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Jesus won so many battles when he walked the earth to win our salvation, as Daryl said, saved to the uttermost. Amen? 
You're completely saved and rescued and transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. How does that make you feel? Saved to the uttermost. Saved completely. Saved perfectly. But we live in this done world, amen? This world that's filled with sin, shame, guilt, and condemnation. And the key is to allow God to undo the effects of the past and allow you to look forward to the future with the finished, done work of Jesus Christ emanating in your heart and in your life today. Praise God. So Jesus won the battle in the garden. Boy, didn't he have friends that were really encouraging to him? Weren't they such blessings? Can't you pray with me one hour? We have friends that care for us and love us. In the time of Christ's greatest need, he was alone. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. He won the battle in the garden. Adam failed. The first Adam was completely naked. You know, the church doesn't like to talk about sex and things of that nature, you know. But hey, let me, let me clue you in on something. God created sex. He created marriage in which we would enjoy this wonderful relationship of union, physical union with our wife, with our husband, and enjoy the spiritual union that comes from two people committing themselves to God and saying we'll live our lives as one flesh for the glory and honor of God. Amen? And say, not our will, but your will be done. Adam and Eve were naked, gallivanting around creation. I have to share this with you. I had a teacher in Bible college. He was in his late 60s. And he expressed to us that he still runs around naked in his house with his wife. I want to tell you, that has traumatized me until this day. Okay? Amen? I just had to confess that and get, get that out. But listen to this. Adam and Eve. Let it go. Thank you. Thank you for that word of encouragement. Listen. Adam and Eve. No guilt. No shame. They were naked and unashamed. Adam's sin and brought shame and disgrace and condemnation upon their hearts where they hid from God. They covered their, their nakedness before God. Jesus Christ came down and on the cross bore our sins naked, took our shame, took our condemnation, took the burden of our sins upon his shoulders the whole sin of the world he took upon himself, hanging on a cross, naked, not with a beautiful white little veil covering his special parts. He was completely and utterly naked. The God of the universe, the God our Redeemer, was naked and bore our shame. That we now can be undone from the shame and the guilt and the condemnation of our past and live in total freedom looking towards the future. Shame-free, guilt-free, condemnation-free. When he looks down on you now, if you are in Christ, he looks as, at you as the righteousness of God. 
and he invites you into his presence because of what Christ has done. Your life today is hidden with Christ in God. Free access into the very presence of God. That's why I want to encourage you, every time we have a chance to praise him, break through, amen? Break through your mind and your emotions and your circumstances and lift your spirit unto God and let God fill you with his presence. The first Adam was naked and unashamed. The last Adam was naked and bore our shame. What does that mean for us today? Jesus became a curse so that we would not be cursed with shame and guilt and condemnation. But why do we live in the shame and guilt and condemnation of our past when God has died and said it is finished? You have victory and triumph over the shame and guilt of your past. The first Adam sinned at a tree. The last Adam bore our sin on a tree. The first Adam died as a sinner. The last Adam died as the sinless lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. For your sin, your every sin, your altogether, all the time sin, because we sin every day, don't we? Your sin is covered as you confess your sins. It's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness as you walk in the, in the, the cleanness of the last Adam, who was Christ. In Adam, there is condemnation. In Christ, there is salvation. In Adam, we receive a sin nature. In Christ, we receive this new nature. Friends, listen to this. Peter tells us that we partake of the divine nature. Do you understand that today? That the Holy Spirit, who is God, dwells inside you, in your life, interceding for you, praying for you, molding you and shaping you, that you'll make it. In Adam we are cursed, in Christ we are blessed. In Adam there is wrath and death. In Christ there is love, life, and liberty. This word justification is a, is a neat word, isn't it? Justification. That's five syllables. That's a big word, okay? Justification. Justification. Okay? That's a cool word. That's five syllables, man. And I know what it means, too, and I'm going to share it with you, all right? Justification. Old Testament and New Testament. It has to do with a declaration. It's a legal term that declares that you are in right standing with the law, with the court system, that you have been made right, your debt has been paid, and the judge sends the gavel down and says, you are justified, you are made right. Isn't that awesome? You're justified. You are declared righteous in his sight. This word condemnation... Let's read Romans chapter 5, verse 1, though. Therefore, having been justified by faith, having been made right with God, having been declared right with God, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our instruction 
an introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice or exalt in the hope of the glory of God. See, how much we believe this declaration of justification is how much grace we will receive as we live out what he says about our life. You are declared righteous. You are declared free. Walk in this newness and this freeness of life. Amen? Adam was a, was a living being. Christ became this life-giving spirit that renews us and refreshes us and encourages us on a daily basis. You are declared right with God. Any and every attempt that you do today to win approval of God means nothing. Everything you look at that you do for another person and you say, God, look at this, means nothing. The Bible says our righteousness, our self-righteousness is as filthy rags to God. The only declaration that we can declare today is that Christ's death, burial, resurrection has won the victory for us. And now through faith in Christ, I am the righteousness of God. And based on his say-so, based on the word of God, I come into his presence confidently, boldly. In our time of need to receive mercy and find grace to live this wonderful Christian life. Do you know that Christ has declared you right with God? Amen? Let's flip over to Romans chapter 8. And then we see this beautiful passage of Scripture where it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Justification is this declaration of being made right with God through faith in Christ. This word condemnation means this penal servitude or punishment after sentencing, there is no condemnation. There is no penalty. There is no bondage. There are no chains that can hold you now because you have been made right with God and you are not under the law of sin and death, but you've put your faith in this wonderful law of life and the Spirit of God that has made you alive to God today. Amen? The problem with many Christians is we don't believe what God has declared and we don't believe that we have to not pay our due diligence to come to God. The penalty of God's wrath and anger was met on the cross of Jesus Christ. You don't have to pay that debt. That debt has been paid. Amen. Why do we walk like we're in chains, bound to the sin that has so easily entangled us? Why? We've been set free. We're not obligated to pay those debts anymore. We're not obligated to pay the debts of the flesh, the debts of sin, the debts of shame, the debt of condemnation. Because the last Adam has made us free. And he's undone everything that Adam has done. And he can undo everything in your heart and life today. Put you on a trajectory of, of this wonder of living in this beautiful, intimate relationship of no condemnation and total justification. Amen? What a God we serve. See, Jesus intercedes for us because we're stupid. Okay? We're numb in the brain and in the heart sometimes. He intercedes 
and prays for us. And he sends the Holy Spirit to minister and manifest the person and work of Christ in our hearts and in our lives. You have to receive what he says about you. You have to believe what he says about you. For many Christians, they do not believe the declarations nor the promises of God. And therefore, they don't enjoy the grace of God. And they live under this cloud of shame and condemnation. Their, lo- their entire lives sometimes never feeling the wonder of being totally free. The Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Free indeed. He didn't die to make us religious. He didn't die so we can join a church. He didn't die that we can give money, feel good about ourselves. He died so we could be free. The shame and the guilt. But we listen to the declarations of the world. I was just talking to Mark Lucarelli today about the wonder of the news. And I said, if the news were our prophets, we'd all drink Kool-Aid and end it. Amen? The Bible says that in the last days, the fear, the fear of man will be all over the hearts. The hearts of men will fail them because of fear. We're in that day today. There's anxiety. There's fear. There's a lashing out at people. There's identity politics, identity religious, identity, 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 identity. Nobody has an identity anymore. It's filled with fear and anxiety and judgment and wrath. People need to receive grace. Amen? Walk in this wonderful grace of being totally free. And having our past have no effect on us, but the wonder and the grace of who God is. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. How many know and have experienced the law of gravity? Amen. When you jump off a second-story building, that's going to hurt. No matter what you believe about the law. You know that song, I believe I could fly. Yeah. You're going to hit the ground and you're going to understand the law of gravity. Friends, we we have understood the law of sin and death. We understood it's evil. We We understand the ploys of the enemy. We understand how the world and the flesh affects us and draws us back into this law. But the Bible says that we've been freed from the law of sin and death by the law of the spirit of life. Set you free in Christ Jesus to soar in his presence. I want you to look at your life. What you've been thinking. What you've been talking. What you've been feeling. Is it based on the law of sin and death that came from Adam's garden? Or is it based on the law of grace and of the spirit of life that's based on the cross of Christ that has died for you and given his life for you? What you've been thinking? What you've been saying? What you've been praying? God wants to do a great and mighty work in our hearts and in our lives. There's things in our past that the devil always brings up to us. And here's the way it works, guys. Let me, let me tell you. There's things in our past where we think about them. 
emotions and affections flood our lives. And it's usually shame, guilt, and condemnation. What God wants to do for us now is turn the lens of who and what we are towards the future because we're a new creation. Amen? Old things are past, new things have come. So we turn that lens towards the future. And what God does through his mighty power and his Holy Spirit is he tells you where he's going to take you. He's going to mold your, mold your heart and shape your life. He's going to change your thoughts. He's going to change your, your heart. He wants to take you to that wonderful, wonderful place where you're being conformed to the image of Christ. He takes you there, and from there, he brings back the affections and emotions that go with following him and loving him and believing in him and serving him and giving everything that you have for him because you see that where he wants to take you and you're like, I want to go. I want to go. What happens, just like Lot's wife, don't look back. Pillar of salt. When I was in Bible college and I called my mom up and I said, Ma, this isn't for me. She gave me this verse. He that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And I said, thanks, Mom. Jesus set his face as a flint towards the cross. And he died for us. And now he's asking us to set our face towards him, the author and finisher of our faith. To endure through tribulation. To live in the grace and life of Christ. To be amazed every day as we wake up. His mercies that are new. To turn away from the shame and the guilt of the past and look to him. Who endured the cross. Scorned its shame. So that we could have life. If you're dealing with shame and guilt of the past, don't. Jesus paid for that. That's a debt that you don't have to pay. Amen? You're declared righteous. You're declared righteous. People need to see grace, don't they? The grace of the Lord, that he loves you. You were powerless. You were helpless. Don't get the idea that there was anything good in you. You were a sinner. You were enemies of God. Hostile. But God's love's, love is not based on you. It's based on his character. That's what he is and that's what he does. Amen. He loves. And he loves you today. He loves you so much that he's going to bring circumstances and situations into your life that you'll have to depend on him, that you'll have to endure, that you'll have to set your face like a flint towards him because he's the only one that's going to get you through. Jesus speaks life into us. The law of the spirit of life be ours. In Jesus' name. Bow our hearts for word of prayer. God, we love you today. We just love you. We want to say sorry for all the stinking thinking that's been going on in our hearts and minds that has caused shame and guilt and has not led us to life. We thank you that 
You undone what Adam did in the, in the garden. And now today you can undo what we have done. We might bear the marks of our sin and stupidity, but you're setting us on a fresh trajectory of life in the Spirit, life in ministry, life in the grace and the wonder of who God is as He takes us forward as you are the author, the originator, the perfecter of our faith. We're so grateful today, God, that you said he who began a good work in us will not finish it until we see Jesus face to face. We're so grateful for your work and for your love. We're so grateful that you've declared us justified. We're right with God. That's our standing. God, we know that we don't have to serve in penal servitude because or punishment because you have taken the punishment of our sin. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. Let us be peaceful today because of what you've done. But God, let us ever be... Let us ever wonder about your grace. Let us not nullify the grace of God by doing stupid things that bring condemnation on our heart. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us today as we walk in your love. Friends, it's good to feel guilty when you sin. Amen? Guilt is a declaration that you are in a wrong position. Get right with God quick. Amen? Shame is another thing. Shame gets into the fiber of our, of, of our identity and it forms and, 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 and forms in our minds and our affections and our emotions and we make decisions based on that shame that are not godly, not based on God's word. Shame gets into your identity. God died a shameful death so that you could be free. Get rid of the shame. Place it back on the cross. He's taken it. Amen? the condemnation of your past, start living in the future. Don't beat up yourself. Repent. Change your heart and mind about what God, God's words say and start walking in the ways that God has for you. And start trusting Him. Amen? Trusting Him. We're going to uh, end our service today, and it's really early. Not really, it's 11.30. But I want, you to, I want you to go home today, and I want you to give God all the dead, shameful, condemned stuff of the old life, the residue and remains of your sinful nature. Turn it over to God. And God, in response to you, will give you his life, will give you his, his destiny. Hear the declarations of Christ today that you are righteous. And when you ponder those declarations, ponder the promises of God, it forms a destiny in your heart and life that causes you to endure with patience through any circumstance and situations because you have the spirit of life within you. Amen? The last Adam blew it. The atom bomb of rebellion was sent off. And now Christ has won us back. 
So serve him with everything you have and everything you are today. Amen. Amen. It's a hot, hot day and it's really hot in here. And I think I'm going to pass out, but I won't. I'm going to walk with God. Amen. All right. May God bless you. May His face shine upon you. In everything that you do, in every endeavor, give Him glory, give Him praise, and feel His presence in everything you do today and for always. Amen? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.